I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome, Driven Community, and thank you for joining this conversation. We all want to live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life, and together we're learning to drive further and enjoy the ride. This is What Drives You. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This is a What Drives Your Health episode, and the topic is how to have your health span match your lifespan. So the culture talks so often about lifespan. That's what you see in the media that, hey, we've gotten the lifespan further or it's shorter or whatever. And they're talking about how long we live from the day we're born until the day our heart stops beating. Health span, however, is how long you're actually well and able, healthy in essence. So do you care more about living to be 100 in a nursing home in a wheelchair hooked up to oxygen, wearing diapers and completely devoid of any conscious thought, that's lifespan, or being active and able in body, mind, and spirit well into your 60s, 70s, 80s, however long it is? Well, Dr. Randy James, my host here and my dear friend, we recorded this segment following one of our weekly Friday morning guys gatherings where we walk with each other in life and share our lives. And one of the guys had just spent time with his family and witnessing his elder elderly mother who could not get around much. She was not able to join the family in much of any activity other than eating. And while we want to be sensitive, he was just aware that she has peers who are fully capable in body and mind. And he's aware of her lifestyle choices that have not helped the disability she finds herself in. Uh, Randy and I here have a candid conversation that I hope is also compassionate on this issue, but brings to light what our goals are and how our daily actions are supporting these goals. So the point though is whatever your lifespan is, don't you want to have your health span equal it as much as you can? So as often is the case, we're recording after our Friday gathering at uh, Farmer's Market with the other guys and our buddy, Todd, says, well, Kevin, so uh, you all your pitch about, well, let's go from the beginning of, you know, living another five years longer in the nursing home. Uh, We'll come back to that. He says, but that kind of got to me. He says, I was just with my family. And his mom is what immobile, right? Can't walk. Can't she walk. Can barely walk. He said. So they just spent whatever vacation time together, and they're off doing 
whatever. And it wasn't epic movement things. I don't know what they were, you know, go see the sights and walk down to the beach. I, I don't know, whatever. They, and she just couldn't. And he said it was just convicting. Con- yeah. That he, he said, I see that. Meaning I'm aware. I recognize the fact that I don't want to, I don't want to be becoming that way. And, and again, we're, and then we all kind of talked about all of our parents and noticing as they all get older and approach 80 and, and. Well, so it was a motive to my, you know, love of motive. He found something that, wow, there's something that's a motive, something driving me. But now, of course, and we quickly, or I did quickly, because uh, you and I are looking at each other going, okay, wait a minute. And we said, okay, now let's go back though to what he began with of saying, you know, so I can live a little bit longer in the nursing home. I mean, that is, I think, um, a myth and we talked to it, but we're going to get focused to it today. I mean, when you look at the headlines, I saw them recently and it talks about life expectancy, right. lifespan. Right. And we all talk about that as the primary reference for health. Well, you know, you live healthy so you can live to be a hundred. And and I cited your example from a long time ago. You you tell it that elk. about the elk. I was, you know, the, right that here we are living in Colorado, and how often do you see an old, feeble elk yeah. hobbling along behind the rest of the pack, not really being able to keep up? And 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 the point is, you just don't. And. But yet when it comes to humans and our culture now, we see a whole lot of that. So there's a bigger and bigger trail. I'm I'm imagining humans as a pack now Uh where we're trailing. And this is going to come across as very negative to my my sweet grandma, who is way back there. And, And as humans, we don't have the, we don't think like that. Like, oh, you should just go off and die. Yeah. What we're, what we're trying to bring our attention to is in the middle of the pack where we as middle-aged people is, is to shift the focus, not from just living longer, but to, to, to have an increasing health span, thriving span, vitality span and lifespan. And in fact, I would probably argue that if your health span is longer, your lifespan is likely longer as well. And, and so then you and I were talking about, gosh, that would be a great thing to talk about on the show of what, what is health span? How, how do we define it? What does Dr. Google say about it these days? How's our culture approaching this, approaching this question? And here's our friend Todd, who's saying he, he didn't really resonate with us in the past when we're talking about, well, you know, being resilient through fasting or exercise or stuff like that. And, and that never floated his boat or whatever. And he kind of said, you know, that always chapped me or whatever in a friendly yeah. way. But then you go home and you spend time with people who are now in your sphere who are not well. Well, my concern, not my concern, my quandary, I should have asked him this. Is has his frame of reference, however, to a lot of our health and wellness talk been lifespan, just living longer? Oh, like if that's right. the goal, because uh, I think right. what he was saying today is then that he said, yeah, I don't really, want to be. Yeah. yeah, it's not really motivating. And and so I, I, I would agree. I would say that. So to, to look at going, OK, Kevin, if you do all this healthy stuff, you can live an extra five years. And then to the other topic we got on to because my, my thought is. Okay, if that means denying myself (laughs) of comforts and pleasures and ice cream and wine and coffee and whatever, 
dude, I'll give up five years for that. I'll live to 90 instead of 95 or 85 to 90. Or, you know, again, you can all choose what's good right. for you. Some people may say, Hey, I'm good to just have fun and, and, and live, live having a, a good time till I'm 65 and, and then, then check out and it, as opposed to all this Puritan <laughs> denial and stuff. And yeah, I get to live till 90, but it sucks. Right. I, I get, I get that concept too. And that is not what we're talking about is. And I think what hit him is none of us to the, your word want to linger. Who of us wants to say, okay, I'm okay with getting to a certain point in life. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. My capacity and ability uh, starts negating and I am handicapped. And what we got into talking about with him, which a lot of people are dealing with then is he said that we're, we're going to have to take care of them. We're starting to have to take care of them. Yep. Who's going to take care of me and him going, I don't want to be a burden on my kids. Right. And, and also who wants to live, who wants to say, I'd be okay waking up tomorrow with dementia with physical handicap, shuffling yep. around, drooling in the court. Nobody wants that. We've gotten to expect that. So then we're talking about health span. And to that degree, would I rather live? And, you know, we can play with this, but dude, I don't want to live to be a hundred, but from 80 to a hundred years old, I'm just sitting in a chair, disabled. I'd right. rather live full capacity till 80 and then it stops. Though I, I mean, I say that we, we can't ever, I surmise that what, cause what if I do have a physical inability or something like that? And I'm in a handicapped chair and, and, and it, I write my ultimate book. No, it's you know, very important in, in this health span place. How many times, like if we went to an average 80 year old and said, do you feel let's, let's say they're, they're let's say they're not in a nursing home. They don't, they have full capacities of their mind. Okay. Okay. Now imagine an 80 year old and say, even though you can't do what you could have done 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, do you feel right now? Like you're, you're lingering, like your life is not worth it. Like you want to just check out. And most people barring, you know, depression, anxiety, and some of the things like that are going to say no, because I, I love my grandkids and I, I enjoy this and I like to read and, and all that. So, so for the guys that are working on the research of health span and longevity, they, they it pointed it out to me that we might and our 50 year old self say, oh, if my 80 year old self was that, it would be terrible. It, I, I would be unhappy, unfulfilled and whatever. And it's the, well, you don't know that. And if we go to the 80 year olds right now who are, to whatever degree feeble, they don't perceive themselves as lingering. Yeah. That now again, take dementia out and, you know, people who can think of sound mind and body and all that, they really don't perceive themselves as lingering. But then when you, if you say, okay, well, what are the biomarkers that are going to measure health span? Because you and I have talked about forever. What is health in the first place? That is a nearly unanswerable situation. Well, it'd be like answering what is success? I guess whatever it is to you. Yeah. And if I feel successful, am I success? It's a very, very, so as I was, you and I had kind of talked about it after our, our guys group and said, well, what does Google say? And so when I'm banging around on Google, it, it isn't, you and I have said health span with some clarity because you, we're on the same wavelength, but it really isn't clear. How do we research this with what biomarkers, what measuring stick of health, who gets to decide who is healthy? Is this a who, yeah. uh, you know, World Health Organization thing or a, a, 
Because then it would be boiling it down to some type of measurement. So at the age of 65, like what you said, how many push-ups, how many pull-ups, how fast right. can you run a mile, and then go to the cognitive side with cognitive testing, which uh, you know you what can do. What are we going to measure there? Well, I mean, you could measure it to some degree, but there's no marker that says, okay, now you're healthy yeah. or now you're not. Yeah. And I guess, that yeah. ultimately in my practice with, you know, that's, we've talked about that before. That's what we define as, well, Kevin, what do you define as true life? That's what we work towards. Yeah. And I would agree that, yep, that's what medicine ought to be doing. And we, we don't want to work backwards to, okay, what does the doctor define as pathology? That's what the whole system is built on is, yeah. well, I'm, I'm pretty healthy, but I have this and that and this and that. So, you know, I've talked about on, on the show, even lots of those things and, and, but in a broader scope, kind of a perspective, thinking about longevity, lifespan versus health span. And then right now, how many bowls of ice cream are you and I not going to do in order to theoretically increase our health span or because ice cream is a part of enjoyment of life right now? Are we going to imbibe in and call it health by debt? Call it success because I'm enjoying this thing. Yeah. That, so I, I did, you know, spend 30 minutes on, on looking at the research papers and uh, the guys who are writing. It, it's pretty remarkable. Age by the next ICD 10, so it'll be ICD 11. Meaning layman's term, that's a doctor uh, code. That's the insurance code insurance book. Code. That's right. On naming all of the diseases, all of the ways that you can be a little bit broken okay. or a lot broken. I mean, it goes into weird things like, you know, shark bite, <laughs> like on the left arm or the right arm, it's all a different code. So there's hundreds of thousands of these things. And for the first time ever, we think that ICD 11, because the powers that be have to make up these things. Age is going to be listed as a disease, aging. Wow. So this is a fundamental philosophical switch from saying aging, the negative side of it happens, but to the, in the, in the, it will be flipped around to say it's a disease, which has all kinds of political problems there, yeah. but that means everybody is diagnosed with this because everybody has age yeah. and everybody is aging. But how do we, and if, so the guy's looking at, can we slow down the aging process? Can we increase health span? Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. 
Air Doctor it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. Can we increase health span? Yeah, which gets into like the ageism thing, which I poke at sometimes because here we are, you you and I are at 50. We now get the AARP magazines <laughs> or, or whatever. And, you know, our insurance costs more and those things doesn't matter if we have the health of a 30-year-old or a 30-year-old has the health of a 50-year-old. You're based on age, not on actual health. Correct. Yeah. And now that is more than, you know, we live in a world where this, the, there's, where fluidity is now this new thing. And, and at the same time, we've got the powers that be that are going to say, no, it's not fluid. There's a hunt right now. There's 162,000 markers of pathology of disease. And if one of them is going to become this thing called aging, how in the world would that ever be assessed and who pays for it? And, and that's where I disagree with the research foundational fundamental philosophy of saying, hey, the government, the industry is going to be responsible to help you, Kevin Miller, become less old over yeah. time. Yeah. It won't work. I'm going to argue yeah. that if that's going to be the foundational philosophy, then the conclusion will fail. But if we go to individual humans and on the power of free will and recognizing that within your entity, God-given, created selfness of freedom and power and, and, and valuing, and that we're back to how do you define health yeah. and health span, that's a powerful thing. And when we can put the power back to the people of, of, of letting them define it, and we work towards it. And I still would like to do some research on, okay, well, what if we collect a hundred guys and watch them for 20 years and measure push-ups? Yeah. I, the, those studies are so expensive to do. We can't do them on our own. Who's going to pay for it? I don't know. Um, but here's, here's you and I, you know, we're talking with Todd this morning and saying, okay, 
Are you going to have a bowl of ice cream tonight, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Will it be increasing your health span because of the glory and the and enjoyment? Life-giving or life-giving or celebration. Life that's that's the, right. And in and, <laughs> and then you know, to your thing of, of health and success that we can't put a definitive measurement on there because it is individual. And ultimately we're talking about, to, to me, I'm thinking at the, at the end of it is what gives us joy and fulfillment. I mean, at some point that's it. So whatever level, if success for you is having, man, I have a thousand dollars in the bank or it's, I have a hundred million at, at the end, if you're both equally joy filled and at peace and fulfilled, who cares? It's both success. There's no measurement on that. So we're talking about that here. And so I'm looking at it and going, man, if I am 80 in a wheelchair, not able to think clearly, I'm not going to have joy and fulfillment. Of course, what you're saying is you don't know about that because yeah. you don't know what you're going to think at 80. Maybe you'll be okay. Which We get stuck. We get stuck in that. But to yeah. Todd's thing, he is looking, I think, you know, his, his statement, he's looking there and discerning that he would rather not be at the state that his mom is at where she is not able to interact with, engage with, join the family in these things that he's seeing other people at her age that are able to, and he's doing that comparison, you know, so it's in, in the, his mom, if we use that, maybe she's sharp as attack, full of joy and peace and says, you know what? I choose to be a peace and full of gratitude mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm happy. You guys go off and do that hike. I'll be sitting here waiting for you when you come home, we'll have dinner and it'll be joyful. And that's kind of, we are going to be on the spectrum of some level of disability at 80. Right. And I think you and I would also say, I'm going to endeavor to be choosing every day between now and then to be joyful and filled with gratitude and peace and contentment with wherever I am so that if I can walk at 80 or not walk at 80, I still have joy and contentment. Well, that would be wise to do regard for us now, because I might in my duathlon race tomorrow, hit a tree, break my leg irreparably and can't walk again. Yep. So am I preparing now to be okay if that happens? Yeah. I, sh I should be there. Yeah. there there's no, there, it's only going to help things. Now that said, I have no reason to plan on wanting to be disabled. And if I think right now I want to be like, we've talked about doing, you know, 10 pull-ups or 20 pull-ups or 10 burpees. I, I, I keep focusing on that because I love the mobility that a burpee requires to be able to do that. Or like your thing of being able to, can you sit down on the ground and then stand back up without using your hands? That's a level, a measurement, it's a biomarker, a biomarker yeah. of, of health. So what is the harm? If we did a pros and cons, what's the okay, possibility okay. of harm or help okay. of pro or con that's made possible if I can still do 10 burpees when I am 80? Chances are uh, my I'll be more able, more able to participate in things. Uh, my brain will be working better by proxy when we do. I'm always enamored with that when they show the 80 year old who just won, you know, this sporting event or set a record doing the plank, like some 60 some right. year old guy. That's cool. But I'm always interested in, in, in looking at going, do you, do you notice that they're sharp as attack? Their brains are yeah. working. Probably a correlation. Yeah. Statistically. So we could say statistically there is. So if I want to not have brain fog, not have dementia, I am looking at the stats and say, man, I'm it, statistically, I'm better off to be able to do 10 burpees every day for as long as 
possible. And then, but keep, keep your thought going. What's the likelihood of the downside? Is there a, cause there is a downside because in order to do that, you're going to have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. Well, let's stick with the ice cream idea because in order to keep on increasing the chances that you have cognitive clarity, um, eating no ice cream between now and 80 is one way to do it, but then you miss out on joy and celebration and those things. Eating ice cream every day is one way to do it, and, but you decrease the chance in all likelihood of becoming that guy. And so there, there we are on the spectrum. Let's get literal with ice cream. Okay. okay. That, that you and I really like. Okay. So, so Friars, mint, chocolate chip. I said, I'm not a mint guy. Yeah. I, just, I do the vanilla, but then I'll add, you know, peanut butter is my favorite thing to add to. Okay. But, but look at that. So let's say, let's go over, let's go over five years of consistent ice cream, whether it's daily or not, let's just say five years of consistent ice cream. So first off, if you were to spend the five years of not having any with the feeling of deprivation, deprivation, exactly. Yeah. A negative attitude. I'm yeah. depriving bitterness. I, Let's just go I'm there. Bitter, yeah. I'm bitter. I wanted it. I can't have it. I would say you're better off eating it. It's arguable. Uh, yeah, that's right. Health span wise. It's arguable. It's, it's, Joy. We're it's, talking it's, but, but, but let's just say it's a valid question. Yeah, no, that, that, there you go. Okay. As we are thinking about the research of this, because at the end of the day, people are asking me, well, what's the right answer? And then as a doctor, I want to say, well, randomized, double line, please no trial says you should do this in this place. And that's what I'm, we're trying to bring out is health span and longevity. The, the research is, it's nearly an un, uh, it's, it's nearly an un, it's, it's hard to get the question right. What's our hypothesis that we're going to test, yeah. right? right? That's, that's in research. You got to have a very clear hypothesis and a clear test and a clear answer in health and nutrition. It's famously, and, and we we're, we're walking it out now with a vast amount of confusion of, because, you know, every book we ever, ever thought about says, well, research says you should be a vegan or vegetarian or this or that or the other. And they, there, there is, it, it's not settled. And so now we're hypothesizing, okay, let's take a, uh, I'm going to volunteer to be the guy who has ice cream every day. You volunteer to be yeah. the guy who doesn't. And and then five years, we're going to go down the road. And what are we going to measure? Burpees? Attitude? How in the world? We know that if you had a good attitude about saying, I am choosing to be grateful for my ability to be grateful without ice cream. Yeah. And well, in, in, okay. In reality, my thought is if we took your biomarkers, biomarkers there, all of them, all your health and wellness okay. biomarkers, okay. everyone that we can think of possibly from heart rate variability to, you know, right. uh, cholesterol, blood pressure. Yeah, all we stuff. took the, took yours and took mine is at the end of the five years. Let's look at them, at them again and check them to the best. And look, are, are they the same? Are they better? Are they worse? And we're going to say, okay, let's say yours are better because you had the and you had the ice cream and yours are better. Right. Right. And we're okay. going to look at mine without, without pulling in other factors and show, and that's where I'm, I'm, you know, wondering if I was bitter about that, was it really helping me? Maybe I would have been better to 
have, you the, know, ice have the ice, have the ice cream is an aspect. But now let's go to you though, too, because what's going to change in that, let's say you're having it as joyful is what kind of ice cream was it? Mm-hmm. That daily input, was it the complete crap? Cause you can buy ice cream for a dollar. Uh, what is it? A not, it's not a pint, pint. half gallon, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they come in and look at that. And the ingredient list is to Michael Pollan's food, food rules. It's got 50 it's stuff, ingredients and it's ice cream that doesn't melt. And uh, yeah, it's just, it, and it's stuff that your grandmother or your kid can't pronounce right. and it's all these chemicals. So if that's the ice cream you're putting in, that matters different than if it's cream, briars with, dairy, sugar, right? Well, I was gonna say briars, vanilla, or they have a couple flavors, maybe the mint and the chocolate that have like five ingredients, right? They also have the not so great. Ones. Yeah. You get the briars with one ingredient and all of a sudden it has 50 ingredients in corn syrup. So yeah. we get the ones kind. There's a few. Uh-huh. So it depends on what kind you're having. And then we would look at, well, how much are you having? Uh-huh. Is it a, a half cup or is it four cups, which is also going to matter according to, are you five foot, 90 pound person right. or are you whatever? So it's not just, we can't take a bla- that measurement right. pertaining to you. The basal your, metabolic rate, all, you know, yeah. how you, even how well you digest and how well you digest your and insulin response. What time of day do you go to bed right after? I, oh, that was my next one is, are you having that ice cream at 5 PM, 6 PM or at 1230 AM right before you go to sleep right. after you've been on screens for, I mean, so all of the, the that, that is why. The research in this area is so difficult and, and quite honestly, will I don't think we'll really ever be elucidated. The, 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 some of the guys in this aging research world are banking Peter Diamond as being one of them. Ugh, this is a rabbit trail. Did you get his recent? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> my dad said, dad. yeah. Okay. Well, that's a different thing, but it's these guys come together for this, you know, mastermind and, Hey, we're going to figure out this aging thing. And I'm like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. But okay. What if everybody's wearing all these wearables that are looking at all these things, but there's not going to be a wearable about your attitude. Now maybe HRV or something like that. I was going to say, I would hope it sh- it shows if I okay. am bitter, angry, anxious, scared, okay. fearful, whatever yeah. my heart rate by, yeah. is going to be higher. Yeah. So then my resting heart rate is, so, you know, I'm but, always, but again, let's say you're bitter and, and your biomarkers do something. Is my bitterness going to come out the same way? And no, right. No, yours could, your heart rate could be okay, but you got diarrhea. Right. And and that's where theoretically, and, and Peter Diamandis and those guys are saying, Hey, if we can get enough data, we can make it make sense. Mm-hmm. And Okay. So maybe the world goes down, you know, everybody gets a wearable and an implantable chip and we collect biomarkers galore and everybody, and it all goes to the cloud in the sky, the thunderhead from mm-hmm. another one of our books. And, uh, and, 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 and information comes down that says, yes, with a good attitude, you can have ice cream three days a week and not four days a week for Kevin Miller mm-hmm. and Randy James can have it four days a week, but not three days a week. Oh, is that conceivable? <clears throat> yes. Well, in, in the monitoring, if it gave us awareness and said, hey, we just notice that your resting heart rate is up f- consistently five beats more the past three days. Is anything going on? And if you say, gosh, absolutely no. Generally, though, I would figure you'd say, hey, you know what? I've been having ice cream every night or I've been staying up or I got some relational stress or financial stress or blah, 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 blah. It's a feedback loop for a while. How great was that? Because I think Mm -hmm. for the most part, we are unaware. We go along and we think we're handling. Yeah. But again, 
everybody, for ex- if we pick on something, everybody who smoked was aware that they smoked and they smoked. Mm-hmm. If we pick on something, everybody who smoked was aware that they smoked and they smoked. Mm-hmm. And sugar would be theoretically this number one drug. I am aware when I put a donut in my mouth. I don't like that analogy though. Smoking is so blatant. I think most of the things that we're doing. That my my are, point there was they didn't change. They knew people know that what I'm doing is bad I know. or whatever. It just feels like I'm with you. I just feel like that's a, that's such a blatant decision. Yeah, for that's most a, I'm using to go, an ah. extreme as an example of. But the most, even if you were aware of, hey, your feedback chip in your arm says is something going on. Are you, are you okay? And you're like, oh well, let me think about that. Oh yeah, I've been. Would you say, golly, I mean, this is the question for you right now. Well, Would you say, you're right, I'm not going to have ice cream tonight? It depends on if I am, I'm going to say, if I'm aspiring to wellness already. I mean, if I'm already that minded, would I care? Yes. If I'm the average person who doesn't, maybe it wouldn't matter. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. Maybe they would get that and go, I don't care. I'm thinking of your patients sometimes who you would say, so, you know, talk about their diet and they go, I'm, I'm gluten-free. And what do you often hear? You know, uh, the de- how they define that. Uh, yeah, I eat a lot of gluten-free muffins. Yeah, yeah. Or I only have, like, gosh, just like a piece of bread a day. Or, or yeah, one guy yeah. said, I only have one piece of toast per day. <laughs> You're like, that, <laughs> that's not gluten-free. <laughs> and so sometimes there, I think that we are unaware and we have these things we do that we think are kind of just mm-hmm. innocuous, benign um, things. And if it were brought to our attention, we would we would be more prone to respond to it. To, to let it matter, to care. We, we would certainly have the opportunity mm-hmm. to be, to, well, to, to cognitively your, And your thing, the mo- what's the most dangerous thing, Randy James says, is we don't know what we don't, don't know. know what you don't know. Yeah. And so to help us know, you know, okay. I, I, like, okay, that's fair. I like the monitoring. But, you know, again, back to this aspect of health span, it only matters in regards to that imaginary measurement I always talk about is what symptoms are you okay with? You know, what performance do you want? And, and I'm stuck on thinking about yours. I am projecting that into my 60, 70, 80 year old self. Do I, I assume that I'll still be Kevin as we all do. Cause we all think that that, that was, um, gosh, what is that? Benjamin Hardy, who I talk about so much. He has a something like become your future self now or something like that that's happening. And in that he talks about, and he has a a term for it. I can't remember that when we ask ourselves, you know, five years, do you, do you feel like you've changed in the past five years? You're a different person. Most people say. No, I, I mean, well, but like, do you, do you have new new, new thoughts, new ideas? Yeah. I think my, of my five-year-old self as immature childish yeah, almost five like years ago five so, years yeah, ago right. like, i can't believe i was thinking that way so we all yeah. think that we've changed but then if you ask that same question going forward do you think you're going to be dramatically different? no where i exactly. am right now i'm 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 pretty uh, i've arrived I at who i am pretty well yeah yeah <laughs> and, and the reality is five years from now we're going to look back on us right this second and go holy oh, I smokes believe i was thinking that yeah. yeah so you know our perspectives change sure but and but, that so that tr- is true your 53-year-old self, you see your 80-year-old self as something. And the likelihood that the way you see it now is that it's going to be true then is close to zero. Yeah. Now, again, but we're going to go, I am going to go to, what are you going to call it? Evidence-based or, you know, just what I see. When I, here in Colorado, it's very stark. I'm out on the trails a lot and out, you know, outside with people. 
And when I see, when I meet, when you do, you know, when we're with somebody who let's just say is 75 and they are fit, trim, vibrant, out doing a 5k, whatever. I am used to seeing smiles. And and I I would say that word vibrant. They're vibrant people to be that age and be fit and well, they generally have a desire to be vibrant. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot in there. When I see that same person who is handicapped mentally, physically, I surely don't perceive as much joy and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I I will attest to that. They say it's no, no test, no fact, Mm -hmm. no reality, no proven thing, but in general, and it gives me very little motivation back to our friend Todd to look at that infirmity and go, and yeah, so that's I'm okay. good with that. Looks mm-hmm. good. I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward mm-hmm. to that. I would say I have a, hopefully a healthy fear for that. Maybe mm-hmm. I have some unhealthy as well. Caution. Like somebody, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody could ask me, why are you, why do you put so much stock, Kevin, in your self image of being fit, able, trim, mm-hmm. capable, athletic, whatever. I, that's a worthy question. Is it, is it, am I a prisoner to it? That would be the question. Ooh. Am I a prisoner to it? Do I have anxiety? Am I the kind of person that, oh my gosh, I didn't work out today. I didn't work out today. And I'm going to, I'm not going to be acceptable to myself or God or my spouse or humanity or we're back to the mindset. The mindset, right. Do you feel forced, deprived of choice, deprived of spontaneity because you got to go do. Deprived of choice. I love that because I seldom feel deprived of choice from anybody else. I'm pretty autonomous in my life. I have realizing now that I often deprive myself of choice. My wife and I were talking about that very thing because she and I naturally, uh, you know, delayed gratification. You, you don't do this now so you can get a good grade. Yeah. So then you get a good job so that you can, you know, invest in the future. And young people these days, there's less, I think, tendency towards that. And there's more tendency towards gratify right now. Yeah. Lack of patience, lack of, and neither right, wrong, good or bad. And if I talk to my son about something like this, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like not satisfying my appetite right now. Mm -hmm. I'll do that later. We hear a lot of later. And I think he's approaching the age of, well, I'm pretty sure you know you won't. So let's just go ahead and get that thing done now. But am I putting myself into a negative place if I am not having ice cream or whatever? Uh, Well, uh, yes, we're all on the scale of that. We have to be. Mm -hmm. And it is the, I think it's this conversation that we're trying to help people to be becoming aware that, you know, these aren't. There's a lot of research going into aging and what's good aging and slowing it down. And, and there's a lot of research in mindset, attitude, well, gratitude. And we got to, you know, we pull this out a lot. Some of it is we are being forced to, because it is unsustainable. That, that's, that's something that's right. that the that, culture doesn't want to admit, that, but the government knows the, the, the doc, the, the right. medical the biomarkers of negative cost consequences insurance companies know i mean we we talk about those things all the time the hockey stick issues of anxiety and depression dementia cost for healthcare is i mean it's just it's not unsustainable yeah it's monopoly money it's it's not there yeah Uh, right and it's okay so they're having to look at you and i uh well yes 
And I just don't see it translating. There's, there's also journals called translational science. I don't see that research translating to you and me and our listeners that would say, Oh, I'm okay. Two days a week, I'm going to have ice cream. Uh, There's, it just isn't going to be in, I think we're decades away from a translational science that actually leads to people having confidence in their decisions based on, on that, based on research and what your doctor right. tells you. Right. Where I'm to speaking to you and I and to people listening is you take responsibility for this, which you will anyway. Even if the doctor tells you to do this or that, you're still going to have to do it on your own of your own accord. And in that space of health span, now we're back to the four pillars. <laughs> you know, what yeah. can we summarize to say, is there a conclusion to ice cream? Is there a conclusion? No. And, and I would agree with that. No, Just like there's not a conclusion yeah. to it's how do you do a, a marriage? Based on personal, I think joy, fulfillment, I think being aware of your goals. Yes is big. And, and I wanted to bring to light this issue of health span as related to lifespan. Cause I'm concerned just like what Todd talked about lifespan. They talk about it. I don't think it's a big motive. It's not a big it's motive not. for me. Ultimately, my, my goal is, I mean, I literally don't, I mean, I'm, I'm actually fine. I, I would, Death would I easy. choose what? Death is easy. Death is easy. But I, would I choose to live as long as I can and be as, I would say yes, as long as I'm capable uh, during that time, because there's things that I would like to do and contribute and whatever. So I'm not in a hurry to die. Uh, but health span is by proxy, the far more motivated measurement. Yeah. yeah. That I'm thinking of, cause I'm assuming lifespan with health span. So when we talk here, lifespan, I think, I don't think people are motivated by it. Let's change the discussion to health span. One, How, of, one of the things I saw on Google, uh, was that the, the Google searches for lifespan dwarfs that of healthspan. Oh, and, sure. Yeah, and and the question was why. And I think, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to do the show is that people don't understand healthspan. Yeah. And they say, well, and I've heard for decades now, well, you got to die some, well, you gotta, you know, and it's like, no, you're, you know, the, the last part of your life, you're going to be less capable than you are now. And you're going to linger with something. What do you want to linger with? Yeah. I would, I would rather linger with the complex decision of should I have ice cream tonight or not, rather than I'm forced to not be able to go on a walk, not be able to ski, not be able to do all of these other kind of things. Your life is shrunken down. And I know my life will be shrunken down to a degree. And it's that we're saying pushback on that equals the theoretical increase in my version of what I call health span. Yeah. Okay, friends, as, uh, as always, you can find Dr. Randy James at truelifemedicine.com. And if you decide to work with him and come out here to Colorado, I'd love to grab some coffee with you. If you enjoyed this show, give us a rating, if you would, on Spotify and a rating and a review on Apple. You can subscribe and watch these shows on YouTube at kevinmiller.co. That's also where you'll find us on social media, kevinmiller.co. If you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, check out my book, What Drives You, on Amazon in any format you desire. Until next time, stay driven. Yeah.